Good morning. Oh, good morning, sir. How are you? Hi. I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm good. You sound recovered, fully recovered. <laughs> From what? From your, you know, the, the, you were bronchial, legitimately bronchial. Mm-hmm. That was a while I, ago. I've wasn't been it? fine for a while. Yeah, I good, think. Good. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? I thought I was getting something uh, because MJ had something, and I thought yeah. I thought what she had was the flu, but then it, it quickly showed itself as other things. So um, I'm in so far in the clear. Mm. I have. Mm. I, I, I want to tell you something. I want to. You have. You have given me so many uh, really great tips on on this show over the years of just really. Neat little ideas and uh, and and li- life hacks, mm. but the latest one has has changed my whole game up. And, and as you can imagine, I cannot wait to hear what this is. I can't thank you enough for this one. You're very very welcome, Dan. I'm just glad that I could help you with some of those little tips and tricks that help you get through the day, really to get through life by hacking. Yes. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna life jack your personality, <laughs> yeah. or, or face jam your brand. Or our growth hack on on your life base, you really need to uh, have a system um, inbox zero, and uh, you know that's really that's that's the way that you uh, hack, hack, hack your growth. Yes. What's what what, what worked for you, Dan? I'm the, curious. The thing that's worked for me is a, a little something I like to call Aqua Notes. Aqua Notes. <laughs> and Aqua- I saw you told me we were. I won't. This is a private conversation. But yeah, you were sure. telling me you, you you purchased two things off of Amazon, inspired partly by me, and one of them was Aqua Notes. Aqua Notes. Aqua Notes. So the the time the first time that I uh, that I tried to uh, to order the Aqua Notes, it said that it was delivered, and it never was delivered. It didn't. <laughs> it probably got delivered to my house. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows. But uh, so I filled out the thing at Amazon. I said, can I, you know, can, can I get an, a replacement one? They said, we can't send you a replacement, Mm-mm. but we can refund your money. Mm-hmm. I said, all right. And I ordered it again and they finally showed up and I, I mounted them on the could, wall. Did, could, I, could I ask you to uh, just because, you know, believe it or not, it turns out not everybody listens to not every episode of this show. So oh. could you could you uh, could you growth hack on, on your on your life brand by telling people uh, what Aqua Notes are? Aqua Notes are a, a little notepad with suction cups on the back of it. And they're made out of special paper. And the paper is w- which I didn't believe could exist because it sounds like a, an oxymoron. Mm. But uh, it's waterproof paper. Yeah. And now, now do you need, do you need some kind of a special pen or some kind of special built to purpose artisanal device in order to write on it? It, it comes with a pencil. Mm-hmm. I don't number, know. Number, number two pencil. It's, I think it's just the number two, right? It's not like a magic pencil. The paper no, I've has tried the magic. It. Any, any, any pencil will work on this paper. And, and there's like five things about this that seem improbable. First of all, you're thinking like, what? It's paper. It must be really weird. It's slightly coded, I think. And if you're careful about it, it's actually not that hard to remove a sheet. It's scored at the top, mm-hmm. much like an Elmer Bernstein movie. And you can take <laughs> you can take them off. And uh, what what I do is I this is another uh, growth hack for your life face. Is sometimes I will I will tear them off and I will uh, put them alongside on the shower and I'll make a little uh, life board right there in the shower. And they're because they're sort of they stick to the wall. They stick, stick to for the months. Wall. My my daughter the last time my daughter said something nice about me was on an Aqua Note about a year ago, and I mounted that. That's on the shower for now. And it's great, and it's but the you know the idea is uh, not not to uh, growth hack your uh, your topic here, but you know it's it, sometimes it feels like the best ideas or the most interesting and novel things occur to you when you're not supposed to necessarily be thinking about something. So if you're just in the shower, I find it very relaxing. Yeah, 
And, uh, and you know, I, I, I doodle stuff. I'll like do a drawing. <laughs> no, you're like uh, you're like Kramer preparing a whole meal in a salad in the in the shower. <laughs> That's what I think about every time I write on this thing now. I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I prepared the whole meal in my shower. Uh, but no, it, to, <laughs> no, go please. No, I was going to say I was talking to Brett Terpster about this, and he's he's really super into into like the whole shower experience. He's installed like a secondary shower head, and he's that has a, like a Bluetooth speaker in it. I think this is going to be the way of the future. I think having a totally tricked out shower is going to be something that people do. Yeah, I don't like to spend too much time in the shower once I'm through, you know, cleaning. But mm. I love that, you know, because it's usually in the morning that all these things that I've been trying to get done the day before and failed to get done the day before, those things are occurring to me. As I'm showering, the more, oh right, I got to put that thing here. I got to remember to order that, and oh my kids' uh, pictures, I got to I got to put in that order before they're gone. And then I oh I got to remember to you know get this thing on the way to work and this thing here and whatever and like all of those things. It's like I think of them, and then they tick out of my brain because like there's something in my brain that has said oh you've remembered this now. You no longer need to think about it again. And of course, it's gone. It's forgotten immediately. And usually when you're in the shower, you haven't had coffee yet. You haven't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had whatever else it is that helps your brain function in the day. And having this thing is like it's something it seems so stupid that having a piece of paper in the shower can completely change how much I'm getting done in a day. But it really has had a big difference. I, just, I hate to admit yeah. it. Yeah, well, you know, last week we massacred a bunch of psychological terms. I want to uh, toss out some other ones here. I, I think that, I don't know, I, I'll just put it this way. I, I think that um, maybe it's just me, but when I wake up in the morning, um, if, if I'm there with a basket to catch it, a lot of stuff falls out of my brain. And nice. a lot of that stuff like, ah, it's things I got to do and ah, things I already should have done. And a lot of it's just little stuff. Like, remember to send this thing to this person. Or like you said, like, you know, get these pictures together for this thing. Or it's all these things where it's one of those, um, I just learned the phrase Eisenhower matrix. I'd never heard that phrase until. Um, what could that the, mean? Well, it's basically, it's, I think it's most famous as what well, Stephen Covey made it famous as that little four box graph of. Understanding a task in terms of its, God, this is so douchey. Uh, it's actually really good. But thinking about stuff you need to do in terms of this matrix of, there's, imagine these four boxes. You have an axis up and down for how urgent something is. I believe that's right. Well, one axis is urgency and one ac- axis is importance. And so, um, you know, obviously you want to try and minimize the amount of Un, non-urgent, non-important things. Mm-hmm. Those are things you want to just poop can, not not do at all. Um, and we end up, turns out, we end up spending a lot of our time working on um, urgent and important things because that's the stuff like a screaming baby type thing. But I think the idea is that to be effective, you want to spend a lot of time in that box that's not urgent but important stuff. So, and you know, I only mention this because like, you know, and that's that's a really maybe overly strict model for thinking about stuff, but it is valuable as a model. But I think, I think a lot of the like non urgent important stuff falls out of your brain in the morning. I don't know about you, but that's where I go like, Oh shoot. Yep. You know, this is something where I didn't have to do this last week. I didn't have to do this. I don't even really have to have to do this maybe until next week or ever, but it's something where I'd like to, I'll feel better if I don't have another morning, like the fewer mornings I have with stuff that I thinking about, I, the fewer mornings I have thinking about things I didn't do yesterday, the better I feel. Do you know what I mean? And so that, no, to do. me, that's the stuff that falls out. It's not the, gi- the giant 
I mean, life stuff necessarily. It's all that dumb, the dumb little details of stuff you just got to do all the time. So I'm, gl- I'm glad that works for you. And um, I'll tell you another growth hack is <laughs> <laughs> never mention that phrase on Twitter. Growth hack? Oh my God, never. never, well, never. Oh, do you, do, you, do you get a lot of new unwanted attention? I've never mentioned it. It's a phrase that is so repulsive to me <laughs> that I, I would never actually say it on Twitter. But um, unless it was part of a joke about your mom. Um, not your mom, but the theoretical mom. Uh, yeah, you get a lot of uh, bot people, you know, bot followers. Mm. But um, a, a good trick, I think, is to buy, I buy like a, a handful of them at a time, like two or four at a time. And I wish this strategy worked better, but I have one that is for my daughter to use. Like this is the, this one down here in your level is for you to use. Mm. And this one up here is for me to use. And then now you have your own. That doesn't work at all because she'll, she'll still always still steal mine no yeah. matter what I what is it what is she putting on hers oh she's drawing all kinds of stuff she's very into drawing the city of san francisco now oh i gotta send you a photo of a diorama she made oh, oh. cool oh my god she's very into drawing buildings now see i'm my trouble is i'm always trying to get my kid out of the shower not keep him in it longer like he's already you know, in there long i'm like what are you doing in there he'll he'll just be just running around in there you know like <laughs> Depending on my kid's fun. mood, it can turn into like an hour long thing, especially if I got a Harry Potter <laughs> audiobook playing in there and she'll just be in there for an hour, like you say. <laughs> and then other times she's just walking around the house, you know, dripping water everywhere because she had a one minute bath. <laughs> but um, I had, I went out the other day. I had a, I had a little, uh, took myself out for a little daytime date and I went to Flax and I bought myself a, a new fountain pen. Disposable oh, fountain pen. Nice. Oh, no, 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 no. The varsity. It's like $2. Oh, those and, are cool. And, yeah, I wrote my thesis with that. And uh, I have a fond feeling about those. And uh, I bought myself a new notebook. And I think I had the notebook at the house for about 15 minutes before she claimed it as her own. I, don't, I just don't get to have my own notebooks anymore. It's very frustrating. She has a pile of notebooks with one thing written in them. And, uh, and then I have none. <laughs> it's, it's kids, man. Anyway, I'm really glad uh, that that worked out for you. And did you have you played chess yet? This is the second thing that I have. Is it okay uh, to bring that up? Yes, of course. Yeah. I saw on your uh, kung fu uh, gripes, kung fu, kung fu gripes, mm-hmm. that you had, and it, you weren't even talking about it. You just had a picture of what was it called? Um, it's called no stress, no chess. stress chess. And I saw this in your Tumblr feed, and I thought, now that's interesting. I didn't know there was such a thing. I didn't know there was a way to introduce your kids to chess other than the way that I learned, which is, you know, to sort of be forced to do it so late boring. at night. It's and so boring no, to try and rook, learn. Not the, you know, and like, oh, right. great. Well, can, um, can I describe this? Because yes. I, it, this is, again, one of those things where like, and the thing is, it, it is, I think it's, it is designed for kids, but it's good for anybody. And so the basic idea is chess, I mean, <laughs> talk about a topic. This is one of those topics. This is going to be like talking about X Force, where it's like either you have no interest or care about this, or you're like, of course I know everything about that. Right. There's a lot of closet chess people out there. Um, so the idea is, you know, in, in chess, you got these different pieces, they have these different moves. And if you play chess with anybody who's I mean, learning chess is kind of hard, especially if you're a little kid. Like the knight's move is kind of weird. It's not like checkers. This isn't Candyland. And, uh, but the idea is, uh, you get a, you get a, you know, standard cheapy Staunton-ish chess set with little plastic pieces. And the idea, if you play the most basic, no stress version of this, you will learn how to play the game without having to think about strategy. Mm -hmm. 
And they do it in this really canny way, which is this. You set up a pretty standard board, except for the two middle pawns are moved out. One has moved out two spaces, one has moved out one space. That way the board kind of opens up quickly. By the way, if you move out your bishop, you can cream somebody's king in two moves. But um, if they're not paying attention. But uh, anyhow, so you get that basic setup. White goes first, as, as you do. And uh, you flip over a card. And the card has the name and picture of a chess piece on it with all of the possible moves that that chess piece can make, right? So far, so good. And if you have a piece that can be, so you flip it over and let's say you got a bishop. You have to move a bishop and you look at the card, you see how it moves and you move your bishop somewhere. Now, the nice part is, you know, the thing is you could move into the most boneheaded place in the world, but I can't take your piece unless the card that I draw next puts me in a position to capture that piece. So on the one hand, you learn the moves, on the other hand, you don't have to sweat the strategy. And on the third hand, you can play fairly aggressively. You know, I think what I feel like when I've tried to start learning chess in the beginning, I'm so conservative right. about moving pieces out. And, you know, even if I can get my rook out, I never move it because I'm scared because I know the rook's kind of the baller. And so anyway, uh, it's great. And so then, so that's, this is really boring, isn't it? No, not at all. Kind of boring. So, but, but if you're like, like my daughter, like she picked it up really fast and she's, I think at, we are both like almost exactly at the same level. I think sometimes (laughs) I think just a little bit ahead of her where I go, are you sure you want to do that? Because then in two moves, you know, I can get your dude, but she's getting that and it's incredible. And then, so the next move up from that is you can do one where you get handed three cards at the beginning. And then you get to like choose which of those three you'll play and so forth. And so now we've been playing like straight up chess. Because right, they move uh, through it and then eventually you're like, I don't, I don't need the cards anymore. I can just going to play chess. Yeah, but I, you know, even if you're a grown up, I would say work the system. You know, I would say keep playing the full on no stress version because the longer you do that, the more, and it sounds dumb, right? Because you're real smart. But like the more you play that, the more you get a feel for how the pieces move and the more you start to see the whole kind of field of play, which you're not, uh, which I, I'm not customarily thinking about. You know, I'm, I'm mostly thinking about like, how do I protect my king instead of like playing aggressively? I mean, the, you know, it's like Patton says, you know, you, you got to always, uh, you know, Always moving forward, never retreating. So that's really good. I can also give you a good tip on uh, how to make Candyland almost bearable. Because you know Candyland is the worst game in the world. It's changed. It looks different and plays yeah. different from when I was a, a young kid. And I don't I don't like it as much. My daughter and I will play, we'll, we'll play three or four games of chess. And she gets kind of frustrated. She loves keeping score and seeing mm-hmm. who's winning the most games. Mm-hmm. And if things don't go well, then she's like, okay, let's play Candyland. I'm like, it's so hard to go. Uh, from playing even no stress chess to Candyland, because here's the: Are you ready for the secret about Candyland? Yeah, there is absolutely no skill to Candyland. That's the, true. Once the deck has been shuffled, you might as well just go. You could have a computer program sort through the cards, and it'll show you exactly who will win. It's the worst. So the only thing I will say <laughs> is I have a very advanced version of Candyland that I can recommend. Is this a, a, a hacked version? This is a growth hack. Yeah, this is a, it's a life hack. It's a candy hack. Well, what you do is you, you do the full shuffle, and then each time you deal, you, you pick two cards instead of one card. This is great, even with a little kid, because now there is like a tiny bit of strategy to it, which is you pick which of those cards would take you further down the board. It, it still sucks ass as a game, pardon my French, but, it, uh, but that way it makes it a little more interesting. How about the game of life? Have you played that one with the spinner? That's another one that's not as well made. It was not a very well made game when we were kids, but but it's pretty flimsy today. The it's, spinner's I, terrible. Yeah, it's just not what it used to be. It's not as satisfying. 
So we've got that. We, we've played Life. We've got Sorry, but I refuse to play Sorry because I'm still kind of burnt about one time I lost at Sorry in about 1977. <laughs> uh, what else do we play? We got, we got, you know, in some, like we've gotten, like for Christmas, she got apples to apples. She's not quite at the level of being able to do apples to apples yet. And um, Trivial Pursuit is still pretty spotty. Her oh, training yeah. knowledge is a little bit uh, incomplete. What do, your ki- what do your kids like to play? Well, the, the game of life seems to be more one of the more popular ones. And it, it feels to me like a junior version of Monopoly, but I'm just ready to kind of scrap it and move into Monopoly next because my son is very like, he's really into the whole, I would call him like a junior baron of whatever he like. He loves the idea of having like properties that people have to pay taxes on and like the yeah, go to jail sure. thing is fascinating to him. And so I think, I think we're, we're I think they do make, a monopoly like a monopoly a monopoly junior but i feel like i don't want to do the monopoly junior i want to go right into the regular classic edition of monopoly and and play that i feel like the junior is it's okay but i don't know like it has a cat and a dog and it's a little too pieces you know Uh, the, the pieces have changed again i know yeah, it's really frustrating. Um, I would say, I would say, yeah, try it. The, the thing that I wish I could get my kid to understand is like, I, I think I mentioned this to you, is like, I am read the manual guy. I am yes. read the rule book guy. Because what I can't get her to understand is like, you, I'm going to do things that you think are cheating because you understand the basic way to play this game, but you mm-hmm. don't understand the real rules. Like if you don't understand pawn promotion, and if you don't understand en passant, and if you don't understand castling, <laughs> when two men love each other very much, yeah, you can castle. That's right. Like, if you, don't, if you don't know that, I'm going to do this tricky <laughs> thing, and you're going to go, wait a minute, why did you just move your castle and your dude? And you're like, I can do that. I can do that, because they have a move. But it seems, no it seems made up. It seems like you're just making stuff up. And <laughs> we, then, did talk, we talked about this on You Look Nice today. Because like ch- chess really seems like something where a lot of the rules were made up by somebody very powerful in the middle of a game. Oh, from now on, it is decided that if you have a rook south of the equator and you have a bishop in this place, I get to punch you in the face. <laughs> Castling's really weird. Like, who yeah, came up with, who came up pawn, with that? Pawn promotion's insane. So, like, if you don't know the rules, I get my little squirrely pawn to the other side. And I go, oh, by the way, that pawn, uh, that's a queen now. <laughs> what? <laughs> How did you get two queens? That's not fair. Anyway. Um, and then that led me into YouTube and, uh, watching YouTube videos of people playing chess. What about backgammon? And that maybe not for your daughter, I think but backgammon is made up. That is, that, that is a mass hysteria. I I've never understood. It's backgammon. very here in Austin. Yeah. One of the ways that the hipster thing as a term and a concept, it, it went away because now it, pretty much everyone is a hipster. Mm-hmm. So it, you're no longer a hipster if everyone's a hipster. So that's gone mm-hmm. now. No one talks about it. They don't care. Everyone has beards. Uh, you know, even the women. I mean, everything. It's done. But uh, but what, everybody's a pork butcher. Everybody's dressed like a freaking lumberjack and crossing their arms. Yeah, locally sourced. But one of the things that that became kind of popular was like backgammon would be everywhere. Every little <laughs> coffee shop. Like you weren't you. You didn't have to serve coffee. To be a coffee shop, you just had to have a backgammon board out. I could see that. I could see that as being a nice. I mean, I have played backgammon. Um, I'm joshing, but uh, it's a, it's a that does it's a good game to know. It's yeah. got a lot of pieces and parts. You know, yeah, it's a lot a, of there's you know, different ways. You get a little container, a lot of, to, lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have you. <laughs> throwing you a softball. I know. No, I'll let it go. No, what? What? Why aren't we got to promote it? You want to promote Don't. it? April 9th? 
Am I wrong? No. Let's talk about it. Yeah, but... <laughs> Let's talk about it. All right. Because, okay, I think we should talk about it at least a little bit. Yeah. Because I have some uh, some auxiliary materials I want to recommend, you know? Oh, yeah. No, let's do... Okay. Like, now, you have something you like this week, right? Is that this week? No, it's next week. Go okay. Ahead. You want to talk about something you like before we talk about that? I'll tell you about... Uh, yes. And, and in fact, I want to start... I've been handed these pages. Grace. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Oh, my gosh. I got to tell you about something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I... We found an intern, and her well, like, like, like under under a couch or something. Uh, no, mm-hmm. her name is Grace. Oh my god! I swear to you, I absolutely swear to you. So now I can do that, and it's real. Oh my god! I am not kidding with you. I am one. How many months did you search? It's been so that you could have somebody in the office named Grace. It's been about fourteen months. Oh my god! Congratulations, man! You turned a corner. Yes, let me tell you about uh, a little company called Citrix Go to Meeting. Citrix Go to Meeting. You know what? Think about time and money and hassle that it takes to hold a meeting, an in-person meeting, where we're all sitting around, you know, looking at each other, grumpy, angry, thinking, why? Why am I here? I could be on my back porch. I could be working from home. I could be. Wherever it is that I want to be. Well, guess what? My recommendation, meet your clients and coworkers online with Citrix Go to Meeting from anywhere. It's a smarter way to meet. Listen, they make it easy to meet with your team wherever you are, whenever you need to. It doesn't matter. Like it's the future. It's a way of the future. With GoToMeeting, you can meet from any computer, tablet, smartphone without travel expenses, without driving in traffic. And you, uh, you can join your team by clicking a link. You don't even have to sign up. It's amazing. You, uh, you have your webcam, right? You got your HD, uh, your HD quality. It's like being in the same room. And what's really cool about this is that if you want to show the people in the meeting your own screen, like you, the thing that you're looking at on your screen, you can do that. And you show it to them, they see it in real time. It's, it's actually pretty amazing. And everyone sees what you're seeing. So everybody can get on the same page. So I would love it if you would try GoToMeeting today. You can try it free for 30 days. Nothing to lose there. You go to GoTo, it's spelled out, GoToMeeting.com. And there's a little try it free button. Do that now. And uh, and you can have your first meeting up and running in minutes. It's GoToMeeting.com for your free 30-day trial and going there will support this show. So thanks very much to GoToMeeting for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. I love what you just sent me. Can I talk about this or no? Yeah, I, I'm not supposed to. It's official now. I'm not allowed to compliment what my daughter is wearing and I'm not allowed to compliment her art. But why? Wait, why? This, unless I'm, I was told yesterday that I'm only allowed to say I hate it. Why? I, I don't know. She's, By she's, her? She, just, she doesn't like compliments. She says she's immune to compliments. Now, interesting. <laughs> this is in the context. And I, you know, I'm going to stop talking about my child because I, because she's getting to the age now where she's, you know, I, I don't want her to have, you know, uh, things on the record about her, you know, because so, she's, she, you know, when she gets to sixth grade and people are talking about her diorama, oh, yeah. she's going to be bummed. But we're talking about like a kid, like, you know, the homework's pretty easy, mostly. Homework's pretty boring. Yeah. I think she's mostly bored by it. Uh-huh. She sometimes can't even muster the energy to put her name at the top of the page. She's not very, like, there's not a lot of initiative. <laughs> and then one day, I walk into the living room and uh, she's been doing something for 20 minutes, half an hour, and then there's that. It's really good. Can I say that it's good? Yeah. It's really, really good. 
It looks. Yeah. Can I describe it? Sure. It looks like she has taken a cardboard it's an Amazon, one of those Amazon foldover boxes. Right. It's kind of when you once you when you undo it, it's really just like a big piece of cardboard. It, it so she has undone it and then sort of reattached or positioned itself so that it has become a diorama. And uh, on the left side fold, she's got a. Is that it's a phone booth? A phone booth. Okay, I see it. Oh, I like the it's spelling. Right. I like this. <laughs> I love I love the way my kids spell stuff. It's the best. And then on the right, that could be a bus. It could be a door. I'm not sure. But it's in the three- background, she's got kind of reminiscent of the Alamo Square. Yeah, the, the famous houses. Yeah, the painted. Uh, yeah, she, th- that's a doorway over on the right. Okay, and then she's made a bus out of a milk carton. Yep. This and then there's like, also looks looks like another three D car that's been attached. It's being held up with a pawn. Oh, I love this. I love yeah. this thing. And the I, road, was, and there's directions on the, on the road. Oh, I know. She got the side right. It's American and everything. <laughs> I might put that in notes. I'm pretty proud of that. <clears throat> I mean, there's some little kids that do stuff like this like five times a day, but like the first time your kid does something like new like that, it's like, oh my God, you're magic. Stupid kid. Um, so here's the thing. We shouldn't talk a lot about this. I, I mostly want to do this because it's important that people know we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Because in order to participate in this, there's a film that you're going to have to watch a couple dozen times. Mm-hmm. And I want to prep you for that. Dan, would you please tell people what's happening? The uh, On April 9th, which is today, I guess, is the March uh, 31st day. But April 9th, we're doing a an episode, a special episode of the 5x5 movie show. That uh, is all about the big Lebowski. We are going to be watching it before that, even though we've seen it once, twice. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be watching it and we are going to be then going, getting together to talk about this amazing movie, you and I. Yeah, and I I assume we'll stream it live while we're recording it on the 9th. And then that'll come out and it'll probably be three or four hours long. But, you know, for those who've been around for a while, you know, this is a long time coming. I mean, we've, try- we've tried to actually schedule doing this live at least once, yep. probably twice. It's never worked out, and we're finally going to do it. And um, so, I mean, I hope you listen to it once it comes out. But if you, uh, I think it would be useful, even if you've seen The Big Lebowski five or ten times, it might be useful to go back and watch it a couple more. And I also wanted to suggest some auxiliary material. So, yeah. hey, congratulations. I'm glad we're doing this. Oh, it's so awesome. And uh, and it's this has been a movie that I think you and I have both enjoyed it's a, it's and talked temple. about. It's a temple and, on the program. Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's, and it's such an amazing movie for so many different reasons. And I remember the first time that I saw it, a friend of mine introduced me to it. Uh, and, and he's like, oh, have you seen The Big Lebowski? I'm like, no, I've heard about it. I've seen a scene, but like, eh, and it didn't really appeal to me. And he's like, this is your movie. You need to see it. I'm like, all right. And I watched it the first time and I came away from it being like, hmm. okay. That's a, that's a very interesting, odd movie. Yeah. Like that wasn't that funny and it was interesting, but it didn't play out the way I was hoping it would or thought it should. And maybe I'll watch it again sometime. And then I felt like right now I was kept thinking about it. And then I watched it again and I was like, hmm, there's some things I didn't catch the first time around, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, maybe I should watch it a third time. I watched it a third time and I was like, I don't like this movie that much. I'm not going to watch this thing again. And then I watched it a fourth time 
And I was like, this may just be the best movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> in, in a weird way, it is the best movie I've ever seen. In an <laughs> extremely weird, improbable way. And in, in another way, it's a mess. But it's, but it is, I don't know, there's just something about it. And, and the more you watch it, it is, it's, I don't have that many movies like this. There aren't that many movies where I'm going to try and be the hip guy and go, oh, you got to see it 50 times to really appreciate it. But, um, I mean, you could say that about The Godfather, but The Godfather is really good the first time you see it. The first time you see The Big Lebowski, it's a, it's a very strange, very strange movie. Um, but it really, it does get better and better. And it's, I mean, okay, you know, the first time you watch it, you can just watch it for the amazing, I'm going to say, cinematography yeah. and the characters. The, the characters. The first time you see uh, Quintana, you're just going to laugh. It's it, when he starts dancing to Hotel California, yep. it's like when that happens, it's like, what am I watching? This is magic. <laughs> and, and so anyway, what I'm saying is like, I think a lot of folks will hopefully tune in because they are like us fans, but uh, give yourself, give it a couple, couple watches. You know, it's, it, I, I get, I get what some people are saying and that if I have it's to really see weird. it, it's if really I weird. have to see it three or four times, is it really that good of a movie? If I have to watch it so many times? It, give it a, give it a chance because it, it 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 is a special special unlike Interstellar it is a special movie. Oh my god, I tried, Dan. I tried. I got halfway through. That's all you made it. I only made it halfway through. Oh my god. I know that you and uh, John Roderick uh, have discussed it. I'm a oh little behind god. on my Roderick stuff. <gasps> it was not what I expected. Can we it talk was, about that? Eight- Can we do this? Not right now, but okay. in a minute. In All a minute. Right. I got a couple more things to say. Okay. It was a beautifully executed disaster. <laughs> it was so pretty and so bad. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, so anyway, here's the thing. So the Big Lebowski, and um you can get it. It's out there. I actually I'm not sure. I'll, I'll check can I stream it. There may be places where you can watch it for free. Um if you if you like the movie and you think you'll watch it a lot, uh I'm such a I'm such a bonehead. I bought it on the iTunes store years ago. Um, but I guess I didn't buy it in HD. Oh, whatever. I mean, I don't think it was even available. Whatever, dude. Wide, whatever. Wide, boy, no two syllables make me sadder than widescreen. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, it's like when you go to the ballpark and you're like, oh, you're going to be in the view seats. And it's like, oh, that sounds really good. Oh, no, no, those suck. <laughs> oh, you're going to be in the premium seats. No, 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 those really suck. Like every name means something that sounds good, but isn't. But uh, anyway, I upgraded and uh, I bought the other night, I bought the, HD version, which like so many things now on uh, the iTunes that comes with the special features and it's just basically DVD extras. Um, but there's some that are really fun. And if you're a big fan, it's really Jeff Bridges has, and uh, John Goodman and so many of the folks in this movie still have such a relationship with this movie. They, they really you can do. tell they've, they maybe at first, maybe they were kind of perplexed by it, but like they've developed their own relationship with this movie to where it's a cult movie. Let's say it. I mean, it's one of those movies oh, yeah. where like, you and know, not a cult movie like Donnie Darko cult movie, but like, more like full, maybe like Rocky horror. Yeah. More like that where there are people who, uh, and I have to tell you, have I ever told you that there is a, uh, there is a, a church. Yeah. Have I ever told you about this? I'm, I'm aware of it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I own like, th- have owned three different Big Lebowski t-shirts. When I did that talk at South by Southwest about Flocked Up, yeah, you, you might notice I'm wearing a black t-shirt that says Achiever on it. Oh, nice. <laughs> and probably are of all of them. Well, there is a, there is a, a, a religion. <laughs> there is a religion. What, you mean coitus? 
<laughs> this is our concern, dude. <laughs> dude is so he's uh, pretty cool racially. <laughs> See, it's not funny until you see it, but then when you see it. That's when Mrs. Reagan was the first lady of the nation. (laughs) Fortunately, there was not time for a photo opportunity without the necessary means. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing. You start doing this on Twitter and people will jump in. They will jump in. Dudism.com, you can can become an ordained dudist priest and you can perform marriages and other things like that. And I I was so curious about this. It is the Church of the Latter-day Dude. And, uh, and I was so curious about this. I wonder, like, is this real? Because you can actually become like a, a, you can be, you can take part in this and, 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 and like become a dude. And I said, I've got to see what this is. So there's a little form. I don't know if they still have it, but you fill out a form. And I think it was like, at the time I did, it was like $12 or something. I'm like, okay, that that's worth it. But they send you a letter of ordination and like a, 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 a frameable, I'll take a picture of it for the show notes. And like you are considered by like legally, I could go out and like perform a wedding ceremony now. I'm like, I am a, a priest in the church of Latter-day Dude. What a country. It's strange. But anyway, there, there, I looked up the, can I stream it? There's nowhere you can see it for free, but uh, you can rent it on uh, Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Vudu, YouTube, and you can buy it depending on the, the quality of the version. You can buy it in, in all of those same places as well. It's very much worth the purchase. I think you're going to enjoy this movie. And, you know, I'm mostly satisfied, as a side note, I'm mostly satisfied with the actual, without getting into the mechanics of how an Apple TV does or doesn't work, I'm mostly satisfied with the stuff I bought, the movies. Like, they look good. I mean, you know. They do. If you, if you buy, like, a, a 1080p movie on iTunes, it looks pretty good. This looks good. Um, but, you know, one thing that uh, bugs me is they don't have... Like the, you'll get extra features on some of them, like a like a, I don't know six months a year ago they started adding the special features to some things, but I don't I've never seen stuff like director's commentary, which is kind of a bummer. It is. I mean, like there's some that are like that I'm so fond of, like the Edgar Wright movies all have great um, commentary tracks, like with the tech people, with the writers. You know, Edgar Wright and uh, Simon Pegg will participate in several of these different commentaries. So you can listen to just the writer's commentary. You can listen to the director's commentary. So great. Joss Whedon, like we watched The Avengers last night because it's spring break and Love we get to watch movie. the movie. Yeah, and his, Joss Whedon's uh, director's commentary is great. It's it's so interesting um, from like a nerd standpoint, a filmmaker standpoint. I kind of wish they would do that on the iTunes store. Uh, that's of nothing. And here's the other thing. You probably just saw this in notes. A book I like a lot, I bought a couple years ago. Very fun book called I'm Lebowski, you're a Lebowski, mm-hmm. colon, Life the Big Lebowski and what have you. And it's a very, very fun book from a fan. Very well done. Uh, interviews with tons of people, major and minor. I mean, they, they yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Jeff Bridges wrote the foreword to the book. Uh, and then like, but like interviews with like the cashier at Ralph's. Um, you know, from the beginning, like they have an interview with her in there. Interviews with the guy in the VW, the private investigator, like so many, and it's just really fun. It's got lots of fun, silly stuff, very graphical and fun. So I'm Lebowski, you're Lebowski. If you, um, if you're a fan, I'd recommend picking that up. So we're going to do that. That'll be good. That's on April 9th and we even have a time for it, uh, mm. but I'm not looking at the calendar. So yeah, but It'll that's it. So gear, gear up for that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I'm excited about that. That's about it. I think that's all I got. Yeah. I have many disparate notes apart from that. Uh, 
I get a bunch. I get a bunch of things. Oh, good, good. If you good. if you feel like you need some, do, do I really need to explain what SEO is and why I don't like it? <sighs> That's a whole. Was, was she? Was she? I don't like to say. See, I hate that word trolling. I think sometimes when people say trolling, I think what they really mean is teasing, or they mean provoking. Uh, yeah, she, I, I was feel she like being disingenuous? That... Did she actually want me to explain why I don't like SEO? Or was she? I think she was being honest, but but then I couldn't tell because maybe she's an SEO person. And that's how they get you. No, I think she was. Everything about that was serious. Hmm. Somebody wrote and said, "You say you don't like uh, SEO." It was very nice, very nice person, very nice email. To 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 which I initially sent a one word response. Really? Yeah. Because she said, "Why well, why don't you like SEO?" Um, and I'm, I'll, I'll tell you why I don't like SEO. It's really quick. Um, and I, I'm sure the industry has changed since it's something that I had to think a lot about. But, you know, the problem with, uh, the basic problem with SEO is that Google has in the past, like it or don't, from update to update, what made Google great initially was that it had a lot of pages in it. Mm-hmm. What made Google better was it had a great search mechanism that allowed you to quickly get to that massive amount of pages. The thing that made Google special, though, in the early days and made it different from AltaVista and all the other uh, good search engines before it was the ability to understand relationships and information and relationships and like what was, what was likely to be a better page based on what you're searching for, based on quality, if for lack of a better word, everybody knows this, right? But you know, I feel like I should explain this. And so, you know, there used to be a certain kind of white hat SEO that I would call web development Mm. or standards compliant (laughs) development where you do things like have human readable pages and use, you know, um, validating markup, the kinds of things that used to actually help you a lot on Google and doing things like, you know, for a long time, getting the right keywords in mattered. I don't think that mattered as much after a point, but you know, the, the, the problem with SEO then became that, by focusing on SEO over the actual literal quality of the page, by by doing the tricks that would help you be good at SEO, what, and is this really dumb that I even have to say this? Dan? No, Does, I don't. Everybody think so. know this. No, search engine optimization went from being something about making your page findable and improving its chances of of you know being well done, to even in the gray hat uh, arena of of saying like, okay, well, keyword stuffing. Before you even get to like the doorways and link, sh- link, uh, buying links and stuff like that. Um, you know, just the ways to game page rank in particular, um, by tricking Google into thinking your page was more important than it actually was mm-hmm. or was more useful than it actually was. And so this has certainly gotten better in the last 10 years, but for a long time, trying to find information about certain actual real topics was virtually impossible because the, the fir- even like so many of the pages were just junk, like trying to find um, things about travel. I mean, let alone penis stuff, but like just <laughs> even trying to find like good prices on a ticket to Germany, right. like just completely useless. And so t- two specific things, and then I'll shut up, but you know, two, two specific reasons that SEO ruins everything is first of all, if you're really good at SEO, and this is an example from our friend uh, Jason Snell. It used to be a Macworld, Macworld magazine, and Macworld the website was pretty good at SEO, and they were an ex- they were a high page rank site. They were seen as a high quality site because they were a high quality site. But it was not unusual. This happened to me on forty three folders. I'm sure this has happened to you with Hive Logic. It's not unusual at all for somebody to scrape your page, right, or to blog your page where they're essentially just rewriting your article for their page. If they're better at SEO than you. It's not unusual for that page to appear three, five, seven links above the actual original page. 
that's one problem with SEO is that it is possible. It is not a meritocracy. It is, it is possible if you focus more on the SEO, it is entirely possible and doable to have your content that you stole or scraped or borrowed or begged to have that show up higher than the original thing. And if you don't see a problem with that, that in itself right there, then I can't, then we, we can't see eye to eye on this. Like to me, that's super weak sauce to not be the person who made something and then to get more attention. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even talking about like the wrong, like time. the wrong use of the internet. Well, it's, I, I, well, I I've just, got, I've actually have a little SEO story to tell you. Yeah. If you're interested. Yeah. And then I have a second part, but go ahead. No, go do your second part well, the first. Sec- and, and the second part is that it's related to that is that you have to play the SEO game, whether you want to or not. And it's super, it's super frustrating. Go, go and look at any, I don't know if this is still true today, but as of about six months ago, this was true. Go and look at any site that's ostensibly a news site, right? And, and, and what will you notice? You will notice that regardless of whether it makes sense or not, their homepage will have the phrase breaking news in it. Because if they don't include the phrase breaking news in the title of their homepage, it won't show up over the others. And the first time there's quote unquote breaking news, then they won't get found. MSNBC will fall off the front page of results because all these other people will do it. And so it's, it's, I don't like anything where I have to do something unsavory just to achieve normal, right? It's one thing to say, like, I really want my site to get gobbled up. I have this new site. I want to make sure I, you know, I've I've read all these fora and I know about all the updates in, in Panda ball or whatever the (laughs) latest update is. Like now (laughs) I want to make sure that my stuff gets found and I don't get dinged. And so I follow all the rules, but I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, on the one hand, like I say, it's it's a bummer that stuff that's not that great shows up at the top just because they're better at SEO. But second, it's frustrating to me that conversely, then you have to get great at SEO just to have your stuff found. And then you have to play that game and you have to kind of like start checking those forums and doing all this junk just to get found because Google is how people look for stuff. And so that's all that's that's frustrating to me. And so I don't have anything against folks who are you know trying to do, um, you know, marketing and uh, merit-based linking and things like that. But it's just that as long as it's easier to do it in those unsavory ways or more profitable, that's what people will do. And that hurts the experience for everybody. And that's why it bums me out. That's all. You. Story. Okay. Okay. So I'm trying to remember the year, but it was, it feels like it was a million years ago. Uh, that my friend Dan Cederholm, who is a really, really amazing designer, the founder or I guess technically co-founder of Dribble, the huge sort of design community website where people go to to share their, their different design ideas and things like that. Well, before that, uh, before there was a Dribble, he and I started a little sort of, I guess you would call it a, a wine uh, social network. This is like before Facebook was where everyone did everything. Yeah. Corked. C O R K D dot com. And we had this idea where, you know, both he and I were sort of like learning about wine, but neither of us were wine snobs by any stretch of the imagination. And like, I, we'd go to like a wine store or something like that. And I would text him, this is pre iPhone. And I would say, Hey, what was that one wine that you told me to try? And we just kind of got to talking about this idea and said, we should do like a wine social network. And rails was very new at the time. And I was like really into rails. And I said, I'll, I'll write the code stuff for it. And you do the design. And he, he, we worked on this thing together and built this site. 
And it became very quickly became very popular in no small part because he's such a good designer and made it look so good. It was just fun to use. And we worked really, really hard on this thing and got it out there. And I remember uh, people started using it and we had a little thing where you could put like, these are the wines that I want to try. And these are recommendations from friends. And the, you know, these are recommendations to friends. And these are the wines that I, we added the little features like my cellar where you could have like, these are the five bottles that I have. And we did this in a way that was very approachable and not snobbish at all because we didn't know anything. You know, we were just like computer geeks mm-hmm. who wanted to share like, Hey, here's this cool wine I found and you should try it. And here I'm giving it five stars or whatever, five wine glasses and uh and we had just so much fun making this thing but i wanted to kind of seed it with data in a way so it wouldn't be a ghost town when you showed up at least it would have something in there to start out with that you could like search for a wine and see one (laughs) you know you could go into like reds and pinot and there'd be something there but then people very quickly started adding their own wines to it but we didn't have a lot of stuff but the way that i i kind of got that seed data was i went in and there were there were like wine online wine stores out there and you could like you could you could buy from them very affordably like a, a list of, of basic wines with the different types. And I used that and I parsed it all out into CSV and I took that and made different categories. And, you know, it took me about a week or so to really break all this down. But at the end of it, I had a database of like 1500 wines or something like that. And they were organized very logically and in a way that apparently no one had done with wines online before. And I followed the very basic Zeldman prescribed formats for like, this is good HTML and Dan Cederholm laid it out really good. But, you know, I followed Google's rules for like putting in a good page description with a good title and Mm -hmm. a, a, a logical hierarchy of all the different things. None of this was to make good SEO. All of this was the, this is the right way to organize and structure things. It's just, this is the right way to do it from the programmer's mindset, logical breakdown, hierarchy, all that stuff. And in the title of the page, it would say, this is a page about such and such wine, a, you know, 1989 Malbec from Spain or whatever it was. The very logical, simple, straightforward. Man, did Google eat this site alive and you would type in a search for wine nine times out of 10, we were the first result. Wow. Ten times. Because your pages, your pages were really clean too, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, the, yeah. They, they were having less code and stuff like that. It makes having a high density of the words that people are looking for. Right. What, what, what made it go to the top in terms of ranking stuff? Though? Yeah, I don't really know. I'm sure that, that people, prominent bloggers and other people linking to it at the time with good page ranks elevated its page rank. I'm sure that the good descriptions and titles and things like that helped. I'm sure that all of those things kind of contributed. But if it if we weren't the first result for a wine, we were in the top five every time for every wine. And you could imagine how angry this made wine retail sites, how angry oh, sure. this made the wineries themselves who didn't want the first result for this wine to be corked.com. Like they didn't want that. Uh, especially not because apparently we found out like the term corked means like, like a bad bottle or something, but no one right. cared about that, but like all of this stuff. And I think that's why it w- showed up on the attention of like, we, we, we like CNET wanted to acquire it. Uh, Chowhound wanted to acquire it. 
uh, like Condé Nast was talking to us at the same time they were talking to Reddit about acquiring it. I think it's all because of these this amazing page rank and and search result stuff. <laughs> and like that was not like a plan. Well, there's thing. no way, even way you describe it. It's uh, you know, to use your old phrase, it's a black art. Yeah. On the one hand, it's a black art if you're if you're trying to bootstrap something and you're like, oh, all I know is like there's all these tricks I've read about on you know search engine land or whatever so i'll do all that stuff and i'm pretty sure i can get away with this and that but there's still no way to like make your site get really big and yeah. even if it does get really big i've had the same experience uh it's wait talk about the, the world's biggest first world problem is going and searching google for a problem that you've got and having your own blog post be the first return <laughs> what was yours what happened oh my gosh for a long time <laughs> 43 folders was a pr7 site like it did pretty well yeah and so it, it showed up really high up and um it was, but, but, but then on the other hand, you're like, well, why? It's hard to know, like, why a given thing comes to the top. And then suddenly, like in the case of, again, like with Metafilter, I mean, look at what happened there. After Ask, you know, Metafilter had done pretty well for a while, but then Ask Metafilter got really popular, was very useful. And I think what made Metafilter profitable for mm-hmm. a long time was that there were so many Ask Metafilter pages that showed up so high. And let's be honest, they were, there was actually a great, Result. I mean, it's better than finding stuff on, you know, you know, Yahoo questions or Ask Yahoo or whatever it's called. Or I've never seen the answer to a Quora question because I'm not, I don't have an account there. So I can't see what anybody's saying on there, but like ask Metafilter, my God, it would be so full of this stuff. And then one day, poof, you know, and, and Matt worked closely with them to find out why he wasn't getting good responses anymore. And it was still very difficult. And they were still trying to sell him ads. <laughs> this group over here was trying to, it's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful, terrible story. Yeah. This group over here is like giving Matt white glove treatment for advertising stuff. And this group over here in like the, uh, in the results group is like just kind of folding their arms and going, you know, sorry, can't help you. (laughs) Isn't that strange though? It really is. And I mean, there is now all of these things that back then we were sort of figuring out. Now it is, it is a paid service. It is a science. You can get a plugin for your WordPress site and you know, it, like it still amazes me every single time that I search for something on Google, how relevant and good the results are pretty mm-hmm. much all the time. It was not, it, it hasn't always been that way, has it? But now well, it's, it's difficult to know how good it is now because there's so much stuff out there. I now my main kind of niggling concern is like, Hmm, I wonder what didn't make it here. That's almost as good as this, but you're, you're totally right in terms of like finding something on the first page. And uh, you've, you've certainly seen those graphs. I mean, there are, unless people are looking for something personal, <laughs> let's say mm-hmm. almost nobody goes past the first page of returns. True. Almost nobody goes below the fold. Like you really need to be, I mean, the whole point of Google is to be in the first one or two results. That's that's the thing. And in a remarkable amount of the time, they're really good at it. A- absolutely. The, the SEO thing, like for some reason, I guess I'm thinking about, you're old enough to remember card catalogs at the library, right? Yeah, of course. Where like there's a, there's a, well, I thought about this when you were talking about uh, building the pages for Corked or, you know, designing like how the the structure of it. And, and you know, I, I, I have to say that in the times when I did think about white hat SEO as part of my job, I very much thought about like, you know, I did the, the uh, long winter site with right, not long after uh, when I pretend to fall came out, uh, John and Sean and I sat around for a weekend and made the long winter site. And uh, I think in Dreamweaver, <laughs> mm. but 
I, I was at the time I was, it was all like the pages validated. They were super clean. They were very structured. They, the, all the H's meant something. And, you know, cause that was the style. I mean, that was, I'd read the Zelman book and boy, was I ever, you know, slugging that Kool-Aid down and it's good Kool-Aid. Cause that really, it did make a difference. Having a clean page without a lot of garbage on it that didn't feel tricky really helped you on Google. But, I, uh, I almost think, I think about a card catalog and you think about what is a card catalog? Well, a card catalog is a system of being able to quickly locate something by always following this same logic. So if it's Dewey Decimal, there's the system of numbers and then you've got the fiction section or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, if you're Library of Congress, however you do it. But the point is your card catalog, you could go to the card catalog and look something up by title. And when you pull up that card by title, it will always be, with the exception of maybe being typed on a different typewriter, they're, they're all structured exactly the same way, right? So that if you, if you have a book uh, about the Big Lebowski, you could look under a subject card, you could look under the author. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, that's how it worked. And the system works because it's consistent and because those cards are always in the right order and the cards are always structured a certain way. Well, you know, what if... I don't want to use the Big Lebowski as an example, but let's say I wrote a new book. Let's say I wrote a book about SEO and I wanted to make sure people found it. What if I started making my own cards, right? And what if I started making, maybe what if I made 25 cards from my book and just started putting it randomly in different places? What if I started, what if I like, basically I went to the most popular books that were similar to mine and put a card right next to it, even though it didn't belong there? Yeah. But then what if I had the really bright idea of making a card that's slightly taller than the other cards so that you would always see mine sticking out? To me, that's the difference with SEO. It's not about trying to play well in the system and be found uh, in the way that anybody else could be found. It's, it's about trying to stick out in a way that is ultimately kind of unfair and would ruin the system if even 1% of people did it that way. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's a good analogy, isn't it? No, that's very apropos. Card catalog. Card catalog. Want to tell me about something you like? Yes, I would like to tell you about a company called Lynda, L-Y-N-D-A, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses that will help you strengthen your business, your technology, and even, yes, your creative skills. What they're doing uh, for Back to Work listeners is they're giving away a 10-day trial, and during the trial, you have access to all 3,000 of the videos that uh, that they have put together, and they have amazing videos they are out there and created by people who uh, who really know what they're doing for example who do you think they went out and got for the uh, the getting things done uh video of course they went and got david allen to do that course and that's the way that they work they get people who are pros they get people who really really know what they're doing i've been uh looking and studying and learning a lot about like Adobe Premiere and comparing it to Final Cut Pro. And I realized, you know, we have this Adobe Creative Cloud thing already. Uh, but one of the things that uh, that I realized as I was looking at all of this stuff is that uh, I wouldn't have had to have gone and downloaded and installed Adobe Premiere if I wasn't sure that I was going to use it. I could have just used my Linda subscription and gone and watched the Adobe Premiere video and said, oh, you know what? I don't, I don't like this. I'm not going to install it. Or, oh man, this is so much better than, uh, than Final Cut Pro. I'm not going to, I'm not, you know, I'm just going to go and get it right now. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. And what's great about Linda is that you can jump in and get an answer to a specific question. Like, 
how do I use channels in Photoshop? Why is this image all of a sudden have no colors in it? What did I just click? Like you can go and learn just about channels in the version of Photoshop that you're using without spending tons of time watching pointless, long videos about nothing. Get in, get answers and, and get out. And they're going to have to run with that. I'm just an idea guy. So 10 day free trial. If you go to lynda.com slash back to work, all spelled out back to work. L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com slash back to work, 10-day free trial. Support the show and uh, learn something in the process. Thanks very much to Linda for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. You said you had some other, you had some other stuff to, uh, to talk about. Well, I have a few, and we have one sponsor for later, but I, I, have, a few, uh, I have a few other ideas that, that I've been... So remember after I got sick that I had stopped drinking coffee and I was drinking just tea. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and that was going really good. And I felt like I had full control over my life again. I felt like I, time was not being compressed. I was, you know, I'd look up and it'd be, oh, it's only nine in the morning. Wow. I could do so much in a day. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I went, I went out to a meetup and it was like a South by Southwest thing. And I was out and it was kind of late and I got back. I got back really late. And then of course, I'm not the type of person that could just jump right into bed after I've been out. I got to wind down. So if I'm not back really late for me now would be getting back at like 1130. That's really late for me. Like that's where <laughs> no, I, I know. The, I know the feeling. Believe me. Because when your kids wake up at six, no matter what day it is, uh, 11, 30, 12 is late to get back in. So I think, I, you know, it's 12, but like, I'm not ready to go to bed. I was up till one thirty or two o'clock, you know, winding down, wind, you know, eating an avocado, whatever. And finally, you know, I wake up the next morning, six 30, my kids like, where's dad? you know, they're in the room jumping on the bed. So I was really tired. I said, well, I'll just have, you know, I'll just have one cup of coffee. This is not going to do anything to me. <laughs> yes. And so ever since I've been having two cups of coffee again, every morning. And I feel much better. I feel like I'm way more energetic back to that comment that you made of this, this is me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You feel like yourself. You feel like yourself again. And I think that, uh, I think that there's, there's something wrong with that. I don't know what it is, but I have become, I feel more scattered, less productive, but I feel better about all of it. And I, I don't know if this is an interesting topic to anyone but me, but I I really think that there is an aspect to to the whole coffee thing and the tea thing that I can't really wrap my head around. I definitely got sucked right back into it. And now here I am, you know, drinking one to two cups of coffee in the morning, feeling like things are scattered. I'm feeling rushed. I'm trying to get better sleep at night. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know how it, it spiraled out of control so quickly again. Yeah. Well, again, I think, I think um, at least when, when one is younger, you do get more of like a fresh start every day. So, you know, if you haven't gotten much sleep, you say, oh, I've got to catch up on my sleep. That's the kind of thing that you can kind of almost do when you're younger. You say, yeah. like, okay, I'll get a good night's sleep tonight, or I won't go out late tonight, or you know, any of those kinds of things. And then something magical happens, and Morpheus visits, and you go to sleep, and then you wake up in the morning, and you mostly feel kind of better. Like, I think there's a healing factor that you have when you're younger that ends up, the, the, the effect of which is you get a chance to reboot Um you know, within the like a twenty four hour period, you have this. You can have this window of rebooting and healing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, 
I think that becomes, I suspect that becomes less and less true over time. And why do I say that? Be, be, because first of all, um, it may take you more than a couple days to recover. And the little nicks and bruises don't get as completely healed over in 24 hours the way that they used to. Where, do you know what I'm saying? So, and also then all the other factors we talk about here, like, you know, like how much coffee you drink in the morning, what you do at night, what you eat in the afternoon. I feel like for me, all those things have way more of an effect oh, that, I yeah. need to, that I need to keep track of than at another time. And so again, what's the distinction? Well, I, again, I feel like there was a time when I could eat, drink, do almost anything and know that within about 36 hours, I could be back on the beam and like be totally okay. Mm-hmm. And whereas today, like there's, I feel like maybe as you have less of a healing factor, mm-hmm. um, there's there's more and more little dings that can take you off your game so that you know it can become difficult to know, well, why do I feel like crap? Do I feel like crap because I've been drinking too much coffee? Do I feel like crap because I haven't been sleeping enough? Do I feel like crap because I haven't exercised because I'm not eating well because I'm... Uh, I'm uh, like depressed or that I'm worrying or that like there's some stressful event in my life. It's like, you know, and the answer to all of them is probably yes, to some extent. And then that's the difficult part is you, because you are, you have less of your Spider-Man healing factor. It doesn't take that much stuff to take you off, off your game a little bit. And like, again, again, you talking about having to do stretches for your back and stuff like that. Yep. We're like, it's a real pain in the butt to do. Yeah. I but hate if it. you don't, if you don't do it within a couple of days, you're going to really notice you're not doing it. Right. Yep. yep. For sure. And even other things that like you're talking about this recovery thing, like if I don't get a decent night's sleep more often than not, I will find very quickly like, well, my back will start hurting more or I'll be way more susceptible to getting whatever cold my kid has at at, yep. at the moment. And it's like it, it didn't used to be that way. That bouncing back and recovery thing used to be so much more. But it, when I think back, I'm like, what was I really just pushing myself too hard back then and didn't realize it because the effects were sort of masked by the energy of youth or or what? And what does that say? Because now I feel like overall, I know that I'm in better health now than I was when I was younger. That doesn't mean I have, you know, I have the the energy of a 10-year-old. You're, you're in better conscious, you're in better conscious health, like right. mindful health. Yeah. But I... I you know, it, it would be easy to look at this conversation, this ongoing conversation, and say this is an old man conversation. Well, it's only an old man conversation if you're younger than us. I think in some ways, right. youth, youth is the exception. Like if you've got, if you've got a, a baby and like it's, it's so crazy because you're so worried about your baby getting hurt, but babies essentially bounce because of the way that they're structured. Like if a baby falls down, like they may cry because they're scared, but they're not really going to be all that hurt. And if they do get hurt, they'll probably heal pretty fast because they're a little kid and they got the Spider-Man healing factor. Ditto all the way through college and maybe even beyond. But, you know, if you really look at it in the aggregate or historically, I mean, babies have always bounced. That's true. But like, I have a feeling there's something kind of special about A, being a young person and about A, being a young person in this epoch, like of, you know, of growing up without crazy childhood illnesses, of having pretty good nutrition by and large, mm-hmm. of having education. I mean, there's all kinds of things that make somebody strong uh, and resilient as a teenager that I don't think you can assume have either A, always existed, or B, you could expect to keep existing as you age. So I'm not trying to say, oh, you're a freak because you can stay up all night. Although you are kind of a freak because you can stay up all night because the truth is there's something slightly unusual about your condition that that's, it's just that it feels normal when you're young because you've never known anything but that, right? 
And, you know, gosh, we've talked so much since the very beginning of the show about what is it that makes being in your mid to late 20s so terrible? There's so many things. One of them is that dawning realization that you're probably not going to be able to do everything you ever wanted to do in life or including having immense success. You know, that at some point it isn't, it's, there's something kind of depressing about feeling like there's every door is open to you. That's not depressing. But once you realize that actually not every door is open to you and that there's, you know what I mean? That, that's what gets depressing. And I think the same is true when everybody goes, oh, you meet somebody who's 26 and they're like, oh gosh, I'm getting so old. I can't, you know, I can't drink a pony keg every night without, you know, like I used to. And it's like, well, that was kind of unusual that you you were ever able to do that. Yeah. I don't think body wants a certain amount of maintenance. Right. No, it does. It needs, it needs that. And I remember that at the first time that I remember I had, you know, we had, uh, we had two kids and one was sick and the other was just cranky and awake. And I was super tired because uh, I'd been to something that, you know, the night before where I wasn't even in bed that late, but I just missed like an hour. And I just remember thinking, man, I don't even know what tired meant until I was 38 years old or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, right. it wasn't even like it wasn't even a, a a thing that I really understood. Like I understood being physically tired, but I didn't get that just complete. I can't even just like true, true, true exhaustion. Yeah. And, and right, how, like, like, yeah, that feel the feeling of like, it's almost like when you go to the gym and you're lifting more than you probably should. And you, you understand what that word actually means. If you lift a little too much, you lift more and then your muscle fails. Yep. That's because that, the muscle was literally exhausted. And until I had uh, a kid, and again, I have to always say my wife did more work than me in every conceivable way. It wasn't until I had a kid and really didn't sleep for a few weeks that I realized what exhaustion was. Right. Because there were stakes. That's the other thing is that there were like, I, it wasn't a question of like, I can phone this in. Like I, Obviously, I'm not going to be as on top of my game as I would be if I were well rested, but the stakes are high here or they feel high. Like I can't screw this up. So I I can't rest. Right. And that's a terrible feeling. It is. It's really bad. It's really bad. And, you know, I was talking to my my mom and she was, you know, she was talking about how I guess she was going to go to some event or something. And she says, well, they call it a senior event or something like that. And I was like, yeah. She's like, she's like, that's so insulting. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I just now I'm in this cat. She's like in this category of of thing that she's in. It's like a se- like she's a senior, whether she wants to be a senior or not. And I always I, I kind of, you know, it, it, like she's no different than she was a year or two or three ago before she was a senior. You know what I'm saying? But like mm-hmm. now she's in this different category and like, oh, well, she's over in this group now. And I remember the like now whenever I have to select my age as I'm filling in a form, I got to <laughs> scroll and scroll and scroll. I'm like, that's in, that, I guess, <laughs> that's you know such what a I, weird. That's such a weird feeling. Like, karra, karra, karra. <laughs> yeah, don't make me down at the end of the list. It wasn't that 72 wasn't that long ago. You know what I mean? Right, it's like right, it's. Right. And it's just, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because like you realize at some point that the world, you are no longer in that center mark for like, this is where this stuff, you know, you always like, oh, well, cereal's down on the low shelves to market to to little kids. You realize that the stuff that they're marketing, like maybe doesn't, the, the popular thing isn't being made for you anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. They were talking about this on, um, TV talk machine 
um, Jason Snell's thing with Tim Goodman and talking about like that demographic that everybody talks about, like 18 to 50, especially like 18 to 35, I guess. There's, there are some specific demographic ranges that are used in advertising that are very significant as being like, on the one hand, very difficult to get at and then also consequently being very profitable. And like I'm two years away from both AARP membership oh, and God. being solidly out of that desirable demographic. Right. Which I think is interesting to think about because, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not, of all the many things I lose sleep over, that's not actually one of them because yeah. I'm lucky to be alive. Yeah. But, um, I, I don't, I don't see any benefit in wishing that I don't get to turn the clock back. So, but, um, but it is a very odd, it's a very odd feeling because, uh, again, so much of your sense of identity, uh, when you're younger comes out of things. Uh, this sounds condescending and I really don't mean it to be, but I guess for myself, I, I hadn't realized how many things, uh, I guess this is not so different from the white privilege talk last week, but there's so much stuff where I was just lucky or I was just young and I didn't know how much of it was because I was lucky and young. Mm. I thought it was because I was awesome. <laughs> so people who were unlucky and old were bad because they obviously had not been doing the same awesome things I'd been doing. And what had I been doing? I'd just been showing up. That's all. I'm mostly kind of showing up a lot of the time, but you know, uh, that's, I don't know. Maybe that's different. If you if you grow up on the frontier in the 1800s and half your siblings die or get destroyed by farm equipment, I guess you get less of that sense of entitlement. And you also then consequently do things like see your relatives dying at 50. Cause that's what people, that's how long people lived. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Where I heard a statistic the other day about, I don't know if I, I don't, I'll probably get this wrong, but something like, maybe a majority of Americans within a few years will be older than 65. Wow. Which is kind of, well, you think about how many people are living longer, you know, the, the statistics are nuts on how, how long people live compared to even 10 or 20 years ago. So yeah, I mean, get used to it. There's going to be a lot of us around. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Zombie hordes of old people That's taking right. naps and, you know, asking for soft food, turn the music down, get out of my trash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me tell you about the last thing I like. Have we ever had a uh, a, co- a company on here where we have to read a disclaimer, like a legal oh. disclaimer? Hmm. I have one oh. today. Okay. All right. It's a really, really cool service. You know, you talk about, <laughs> it's perfect to segue into it because we're talking about getting older, right? What happens when you get older is like you want to retire. It's something some of us want to do anyway. Uh, well, there's a, there's a really cool company called Wealthfront. Wealth Front, and they are an automated investment service. You know, you think about uh, when when we were young, a lot of us, we didn't really think about saving anything. Like if we worked at a company that had a 401k or something, great, you know, but like when it came to like actually making investments or managing, uh, creating a portfolio or having something to manage, like I never thought about any of that. But if there had been a website that had made it easy, because like, I don't want to go and like, do I put on a tie and like, do I talk to someone at some brokerage or investment company or do I spend hours on the phone with like a stranger telling them about how, no, like none of that was appealing to me. Uh, well, now we have this great company called Wealthfront that allows you to uh, do investments and then they'll manage your investments for you based, based on how comfortable you are with risk, how risk averse you are. And you can say, oh, you know what? Yeah, go crazy. I'm, I'm 23 invest in all the crazy stuff or no, you know what? I'm 45. I don't really want to invest that way anymore. Uh, be more conservative. you you basically fill out this profile. It takes like five minutes and they will balance and rebalance your portfolio, reinvest your dividends. All of this is commission free. 
And uh, they constantly monitor your portfolio for opportunities that'll lower your tax bill, all the stuff that's important. And they do all this for point. 2-5% per year. That's like a quarter the cost of a traditional investment advisor. You don't have to worry about commissions or like hidden costs or any of that stuff. And they keep things diversified, all the stuff that you want, but they do it intelligently and they do it with really, really great software. So, and by the way, like, are they real? Yeah, they uh, manage over $2 billion in client assets and they've grown over 20 times in the last two years. We've got a really cool thing for, for our listeners of this show $10,000, your first $10,000 managed for free when you go to wealthfront.com slash five by five. And that's a big deal. So go check it out. Wealthfront.com slash five by five. Thanks very much to them. And now I, I have to read a disclaimer. I'm going to read it as fast as I can because I've been challenging myself on uh, on my other show, the Dan Benjamin Hour, to, to read. They're sponsoring that too, to read it really fast like they do in the car commercial. Mm-hmm. Do you think I can get through it without stumbling? Sure, try it. They say I can read it as fast as I want as long as it's read. So Wealthfront Inc. is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member FINRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involves risk and there is a possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read the full disclosure. Wow. That was pretty good. <laughs> Been practicing that. No motorcycles after 3 p.m. <laughs> So thanks very much to them. It really is, despite the fact that they're required to require me to read that, it's actually a really cool service I wish I'd had. I was so dumb in my 20s. Mm. I just, all I, when I think back on it, I, 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 it's just mistake after mistake. I mean, still mistake after mistake. You just recover from those, you know, when you're in your 20s. Yeah. You know? You got time. Babies bounce. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Babies, babies, babies bounce. Babies bounce. Baby, baby's bounce. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, I guess. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it is funny though. I mean, like it's you know whether you whether it's fun to think about or not, uh, you do still have to think about how those little individual things can affect you during the day. Coffee is it's so powerful, you know, and it's it's been such a force in my in my life for as long as I can remember. But I have learned to treat it with respect. Because otherwise, you know, it's coffee is one of those funny things where like once, once you realize you've had too much of it, it's way too late. Mm. You know what I mean? The whole day is gone. Well, even more so in some ways than alcohol. Like with alcohol, you ha- can keep going like, oh, I could probably have about five more. And then, and then you slow down and then it kind of tapers off. But with coffee, like there's can still be a pretty big bounce, like four, six, mm-hmm. eight hours after you've had it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I find that tricky. Uh, we gotta stop talking about the old people stuff. We're gonna put off our, our target demo. Do we have? I mean, do, what is our target demo for this show? Uh, people who can't reach the controls to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm on board with that. All right, let's button this up. All right. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. Mm-hmm. 